listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. Let's jump in. Let's do it. If you have your Bible, I want you to open it up with me. Tonight, we're talking about the third area of life that you've got to master, talking about your body, your physical body, what you see every day in the mirror. We've talked about your mind. We've talked about your spirit, but tonight we're dealing with your physical body. Such an important, very, very important uh, aspect of life. Tonight is one that many people, many Christians, I'm not talking about unbelievers, unbelievers can't control their body anyway. We're talking about believers. Many believers never gain victory, mastery over their physical body. Many never, ever do. And um, I wanted to, to start with you tonight in the book of Galatians chapter five to just lay a foundation so that you see what I'm talking about. There's a principle that we need to hear right at the outset of tonight's broadcast. Uh, She's already in bed. She's a morning broadcast person. I get it. Galatians chapter 5. I want you guys uh, to see two verses of scripture that Paul wrote to the church in Galatia. This will help you, and it sets the uh, stage, if you will, for what we're going to learn tonight, what you're going to see in the Word of God. Um, (laughs) Daphne said, "Conviction conviction hit already, only eating sugar. Um, you got quarantined, uh, Galatians five, let's look at verses 16 and 17. And, uh, I want you to see these and understand what Paul was saying. Hey, brother Ken, Luke, what's up? Listen to this Galatians five, 16 and 17. Catch this with me. He said, but I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Now here's the important part. Watch. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit. And the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. What does that mean? Well, Paul was obviously talking to people that were Christians already. The Galatians were Christians. So when he said it keeps you from doing the things you want to do, that shows you that Your renewed spirit man, your Christian spirit man, wants to please the Lord. Your spirit wants to to please the Lord. But what he was teaching there was your flesh and its desires are constantly opposed to the desires of the spirit. And they keep you. What keeps you from doing what you want to do? The flesh does. And the desires of the flesh And so what did Paul teach? Here's the key. But I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So there's the key. You've got to walk by the spirit in order to gain mastery over the flesh. Walk by the spirit in order to gain mastery over the flesh. And we're going to break that down in the broadcast tonight and show you scripturally how you can walk by the spirit so that you don't gratify the desires of the flesh because the flesh is opposed to the spirit. The flesh is opposed to the spirit. I don't even know what that sound was, but I heard a sound that was weird. Uh, The flesh is against the spirit 
And by the way, if you're just logging on, just jumping in, and you just got here, take, do me a favor, take a minute and share the broadcast. Uh, very, very important that you do. This is something that you've got to see victory in this area. If you don't, notice what Paul's teaching. It will literally cut out all your victory, including eternal victory. And Paul taught that to the Corinthian church. And of course, you probably know that I'm referencing 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 27. 1 Corinthians 9, 27, Paul is very, very clear on this. He said, I discipline what? My body and keep it under control so that after preaching to others, I won't be disqualified. So Paul was actually saying of himself, the great apostle, the one that wrote half the books of the New Testament, including about two-thirds of the content of the New Testament, if you add up all the actual writing. He said that I can actually lose my eternal reward or become disqualified if I don't discipline the body or the flesh. And so that's what Paul's teaching here. And you start to realize and understand that there is a war that's being waged and that's raging, Paul said, on the inside of you. It's internal. But I'm going to go beyond just that tonight, and I'm going to show you something that maybe you've never seen before. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to show you some, some revelation that maybe you've never seen the, before about the physical body. And it's interesting because, you know, a lot of people can talk about, you know, controlling the flesh and walking in self-control and all of those different things that we've talked about in the past, and they need to be said. They need to be preached. They need to be taught. But go beyond that. You're welcome, Mark. Love you. Go beyond that. Understand that the physical body that we look at in the mirror, according to scripture, it is the house or the temple of the Holy Spirit. So I want you to, I want you to put this in the comments section. Those of you that are watching with me, put this, put, put it this way. I house the Holy Spirit. I want you to write that in the comments. I house the Holy Spirit. Very, very important that we get this because we're going to go beyond what most people teach on the physical body and show you something maybe you've never seen about this aspect of the physical body. I house the Holy Spirit. Pop it in. I house the Holy Spirit. So there is, this is, let me tell you, this is powerful because when you start to recognize that your body is the literal temple of the Holy Spirit, he dwells in you, lives in you, makes his home in you. Then that same, of course, Paul said it this way, the same spirit that raised Jesus up from the dead lives or dwells inside of you. And he quickens, startles, makes alive your physical body. So one of the benefits of gaining mastery over the flesh is that the flesh doesn't gain mastery over you. One of, the, one of the things that I think about is, if I house the Holy Spirit, think about this. If he was coming to stay at your house as a physical person, if the Holy Spirit by this Friday would be at your house and was going to stay in one of the rooms of your house, wouldn't you clean the room as best you could? I'm sure many people, many people, if they knew Jesus himself or the Holy Spirit himself was coming to stay at their house or live at their house, they'd probably tear out the carpet, put new carpeting in. They'd probably buy a new mattress. 
They'd probably buy all new sheets and, you know, a new duvet, new pillow covers, and they'd probably repaint the room. They'd start putting all kinds. They might try to find out what drinks he likes, put a fridge in there with the drinks. You know, they'd do everything they could to make sure that the person of the Holy Spirit or Christ himself had the best possible room in the house to stay in. Like, I, I can tell you for sure, if if my house, if Jesus was coming to this house to stay, I would not put Jesus in the guest room. I wouldn't put Jesus on the couch. I would clear out of the master suite of this house and make sure that that was Jesus' room when he came. I'd stay in the guest room. I'd stay on the couch before I would let Jesus stay there. What would I do? I'd give him the very best that's available in the house. I'd clean it out. I'd have I'd re, I'd I'd do everything I could to that room to make it as nice as it possibly could be for the master. And that would be I'd give him the very best. Now, think about this. If we would do that in the natural realm in our homes. Remember this that your body is the home of the Lord. Think about it. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. He lives inside of you, dwells inside of you. And so, if that's the case, shouldn't that change the way that we think about how we take care of our physical body? Think about that. Let me ask you a question, all of you that are watching, and I want you to answer in the comments section, I want you to answer what you believe to be true. Do you think, now this is all in, in, in theory of, you know, Jesus does not come back. Let's say Jesus doesn't come back to rapture the church, which I don't believe will happen for the next 100 years. Let's just say, I don't believe it'll be that long, but let's just say he won't be back for 100 years and you're going to live uh, as much of that time as you can. Do you think God wants you to live a long time or do you think that he wants you to live a short period of time? Do you think that he wants you to minister on his behalf for a long time or for a short period of time? You put it in the comments, what you think. You think God wants you to live a long period of time or a short period of time? Should he should he have you ministering for him for a long period of time or short? I want to hear what your thoughts are. Which one do you think it is? Well, he wants you to live a long time. Of course, people are answering in the comments. He wants me to live a long life. The Bible says, with long life will I satisfy thee. He wants to satisfy you with a long life. Okay, well, if he does, you know, you look in the past at ministers that have died before their time. Very sad to see powerful, powerful men of God that died at a young age. I'll give you an example. Uh, Brother Jack Coe. Brother Jack Coe was a powerful man of God during the voice of healing, had the largest tent in the world, largest tent in the world, tens and tens of thousands, tens and tens of thousands of people would come out, come under the tent, listen to him preach, see the miracles that would take place. But here's a man who died before he was 40 years old, died in his 30s. Think about that. And he didn't die because someone killed him. And he didn't die because there was a car accident. Didn't die in a plane wreck. He died because he did not take control over his body. He ate himself into the grave, literally. And God wanted to use that man for a long period of time. You see that? 
He wanted to use Brother Jack Coe for a long period of time. Here's a man that I've watched him in videos, old videos from The Voice of Healing, where a woman came up with a big tumor on the side of her face. And rather than praying for her, a man with violent faith, Jack Coe, just reached out and took a hold of it and took it off of her face. And he's holding the tumor in his hand and she has all fresh baby skin on her face. Creative miracles, time and time and time again, seeing mighty miracles take place, but dies and goes to heaven before 40 years old. Now that's sad. That obviously was not God's desire for that man. No question about it. God didn't want that man dying at what, 36, 37 years old, however old he was when he passed. Brother Allen, who died in his, in his 50s, very young. And see, these are, these are things that God wants us to live long lives, but notice this, catch this with me, he's not going to force us to live long lives. You see that? God's not going to strip your free will and force you to live a long life. Notice that. He's go- he wants you to live a long life. He'll give you a long life, but it also requires wisdom and a decision on your part regarding how long you will choose to live on this earth. Literally. Wisdom and a long life go together. Wisdom and a long life go together. And so God doesn't want you dying early, doesn't want you to be sickly, doesn't want you to hurt and, and battle in your physical body. But there are many, many Christians that do not gain mastery in this area, and so they suffer in their physical bodies. Do you know, think about this. The average Christian, they're, dis- they're discovering, Karen, for a lot of people, uh, cancer is something that can come based upon our choices. One of the things that they're discovering about cancer is that it feeds on sugar, it feeds on sugar. And it's like uh, I was listening to, um, uh, who? what's his name there? I'm sorry that it escaped me. Uh, Pastor Mac Hammond. Pastor Mac Hammond from Minnesota was preaching at a minister's conference I was at. And uh, he said, uh, when his doctor gave him the cancer diagnosis, said, we're sorry, Pastor Hammond, you have cancer. He began to pray. And the Lord said, I will heal you. He said, I will heal you. However... When I do, the Lord said this to him. He said, when I do, I'm going to give you instructions regarding your diet and you need to obey them. Wisdom. And when the Lord healed him, and he's healed to this day of cancer, but he said, now stop eating sugar like you were before. And then later he found out that even doctors are saying now that sugar is something that cancer cells feed on. Well, if you look at America, we're talking about natural wisdom now. Look at America. We are the most obese nation in the world. We have childhood obesity, which no other nations have like this. None. None. You know, and so it's something that's become, you know, an epidemic in America and starting to be in other nations now. But it's something that we can control by wisdom and by discipline. But many people won't do it. Many people don't do it. But understand this. When you have a different kind of a mindset, this body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. You'll begin to take care of it in a different way than you would if you didn't know that. Let me give you an example. Um, And obviously, you should be a good steward with everything that you have. But imagine the difference in care that you would take if you had a 1974 Buick LeSabre 
or if you had a tw- 2020 Ferrari, do you, which one do you think you're, I mean, if you've got those two cars sitting in your driveway, you better believe you're going to be rubbing that Ferrari with a diaper, taking care of it, making sure nobody touches it, keeping it just so, locking it in the garage. You're not going to do the same thing for a 1974 Buick LeSabre. You'll take care of it. Why? That one holds value to it in your heart because of what it is. And you look at it differently. And that's how you should look at yourself. You're not the 1974 Buick LeSabre. You are the Ferrari in the spirit because the Holy Spirit is in you. And the Bible says you've got a treasure that is hidden in earthen vessels. This vessel that you are, it is a treasure chest that holds the treasure of the universe, the Holy Ghost. Think of that. I want you to write it in the comments just so that you get it into your spirit. Put it in the comments. I am a treasure chest. I want you to write that. Put it in the comment section and never forget it. I am a treasure chest. You hold, the Bible says so. You've got a treasure hidden in earthen vessels. You're the earthen vessel and there's treasure inside of you. You see that? And so I am a treasure chest. You are a treasure chest holding the power of the Holy Ghost inside of your physical body. And when you take care, see, you keep, you're keeping your eye on this. I'm taking care of this physical body because I know it carries the Holy Ghost and I'm honoring him by taking care of his temple. Did you ever think of that? I'm honoring him by taking care of his temple. You know, it's funny to me, for years and years and years, holiness people preached against every sin that affected the physical body. And it always makes me laugh to think of it this day. You know, to this day, they, they'd preach against chewing tobacco. They'd preach against rubbing snuff. They'd, they'd preach against smoking cigarettes. They'd preach against drinking alcohol. They'd preach against doing drugs. But every one of them was over 400 pounds. I mean, you think about it. All those old holiness preachers, all those old Pentecostal preachers, because all you could do growing up in the Pentecostal movement that wasn't a sin was eat. (laughs) And everybody ate and we ate after church and you eat late at night and you're eating in the morning, you're eating all day and nobody touches the sin of gluttony, but it's a sin. This, do you know, there's more people dying of heart disease and diabetes, killing people than smoking, drugs, anything else. Heart disease is rampant throughout America. Sugar. Did you know they said diabetes, type 2 diabetes? They predicted year, maybe what, six years ago, that by this year, 2020, that one-third of Americans, 33% of Americans, would have type 2 diabetes. Why? Because of the path we've gone down. And so I want you to understand this. And I'm not condemning anybody that's battling those things. I'm actually praying for you and believing for your healing. I'm standing with you. But I want you to hear the the facts about the wisdom, the truth. You shouldn't have to get to the place of destruction before you can get to the place of healing. You should learn by instruction, not destruction. And so what we do is we take supernatural wisdom and apply it to our lives and know that we are actually taking care of the temple of the Holy Ghost. He is living on the inside of you and you are a treasure chest. In the Old Testament, think about this. In the Old Testament, 
they had the Ark of the Covenant. You guys remember that? The Ark of the Covenant. And so the Ark of the Covenant was the thing that held the power and presence of God. The power and presence of God was in it. And what were the three elements that were inside? The Ten Commandments, Aaron's rod that budded, and thirdly, a golden pot of manna. But remember this. As you move forward, you realize no one's body back then could hold the Holy Spirit indefinitely. That's why Jesus said, and this is a very important point, I want you to catch it. This is why Jesus said, you can't put new wine into old wine skins. You can't do it because they would burst. Jesus said that they would burst. Jesus was actually speaking of the Holy Spirit. I can't fill you with the Holy Ghost until your body is regenerated by salvation. I'll tell you this story. Um, what was it? A couple of years ago, we went over. Um, if you tell me what, what you want me to repeat, I will, Letty. But we went over to Europe for my cousin's wedding. And uh, when we went over to Europe, I realized that their plugs in the wall are different than our plugs in the wall. And their voltage is our is different than our voltage. So before I went, I bought an adapter so that I could plug the stuff I brought into the wall when I got to Europe. And so I had just bought on Amazon a brand new hand steamer. And it was a little mini travel hand steamer so I could steam my clothes. And uh, we got to Europe and uh, I had to do a shirt or a suit or something. And so I, I filled that little hand steamer with water and plugged it into the adapter and plugged the adapter into the wall. And then I went away and I, st- I started hearing that thing kick in. I'd never used it before. And it was like, and it sounded like it was blowing steam. I came into that bathroom and that thing was blowing steam like crazy. I mean, blow. So I started, you know, I started steaming the suit, but that thing went, it was, it went from blowing steam to just like spraying water to the next thing I know it was blowing flames. Like it was a blowtorch. I pulled it out of the wall. It's like, what in the world is going on with this thing? And I looked at it and then I realized that all I had purchased was an adapter. And when I looked back and then looked at other stores, what I was supposed to get was an adapter with a converter built in because the converter allows that power to come through that adapter and then come out the other side at the proper voltage for those American appliances. And so all I did was change it so I could plug it into the, it would fit in the wall. But all that was doing was taking the same amount of power and pushing it into a device that can't take that amount of power. And so I actually destroyed it. Yeah, Letty, the the, uh, the phrase was, you should learn by instruction, not destruction. Learn by instruction, not by destruction. God doesn't want to use trial and error as a teaching aid. So all that voltage came into that steamer and just killed it, just destroyed it because there was no conversion. And that's when the Holy Spirit let me understand truly what Jesus was saying. I can't put new wine into old wine skins or they would burst. Our physical bodies could not have handled the Holy Spirit before we got saved because they were not regenerated by salvation. Think about, think about it. 
Salvation is the converter kit that allows a human body to house the Holy Spirit's power. I'm going to say that again slowly. I know people say I talk too fast. I just get excited and start teaching at 100 miles an hour. I'll slow it down. I'm sorry. I'll slow it down. But listen, salvation is the converter kit that allows your human body to house the Holy Spirit's power. Let me say it one more time because you should make a note of that. Salvation is the converter kit that allows your physical body to house the Holy Spirit's power. Without salvation, the Holy Spirit would literally just blow your body up. (laughs) Just blow your body up. You couldn't handle it. Jesus said, I can't put new wine into old wine skins or they'd burst. And so by salvation, by becoming, see, that's, that's one of the really great things about becoming a new creature in Christ Jesus. Because once God makes you a new creation, the new creation can handle the Holy Ghost. The old creation could not. You needed to become a new creation in order to carry Holy Ghost power eternally inside of you. And so it's so very important that you catch this, that in the Old Testament, no one had that. Nobody had it. Nobody. So what did they do? God gave them instructions to build the Ark of the Covenant. And that would be the thing that held the power of God's Spirit. And you know as well as I do, they would take it into battle. They would take it in front of them. The the, 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 uh, tribe of Judah would carry the Ark out in front of the rest of the army into battle. And then what would happen? God would fight their battles for them because they carried his power into battle. They couldn't carry it in their bodies. They had to carry it in the ark. Well, remember this, because this will get you stirred up, that when the New Testament was getting ready to happen, Jesus was on the cross. This is a very, very important moment in the redemption act. Jesus is on the cross and Jesus shouts, it is finished. Or as we've covered previously on broadcasts, Tetelestai. When he said it, the Bible, and he gave up the ghost, he died. The Bible says that the earth began to shake with a mighty earthquake. And of course, tombs opened up around the, the hill of Calvary. Dead people came walking out on his death. But inside the temple, here's the powerful thing. Man, this gets me excited. Hallelujah. Inside the temple, there was a curtain that separated the Holy of Holies, that was a place, from the inner court. Only the priest could enter into the Holy of Holies, what they called the most holy place, where the Spirit of God dwelled, dwelt. (laughs) and only the priest could go beyond the veil and go into the room where the most holy place was, where the Spirit of God was dwelling. But in the moment, catch this, in the moment of the redemption act being completed and the earth shook, the Bible says that the curtain that separated the power and presence of God from the rest of the world was torn into, powerful thought here, 
from the top to the bottom. Hallelujah. Why is it powerful that it was torn from the top to the bottom? Well, first of all, if it was torn from the top to the bottom, that's a sign. We weren't tearing it from man's perspective from the earth to heaven because we had no right to open up the veil. In fact, did you know this? That if people went back there or went inside that room unworthily, or even if the priest had issues in his own life, people don't know this. They would tie a rope to the ankle of the priest and there were bells on the bottom of his robe that would jingle as he walked. And he would go into that room with a rope tied to his ankle and the bells would jingle as he walked. And the people that were outside of the most holy place could hear the priest still walking around inside the most holy place so that they knew he wasn't dead. But if they stopped hearing the bells jingle, then the rope around his leg, because no one could go into the room to get him, so the rope around his leg, if they stopped hearing the bells and if he dropped dead in the presence of God, they would pull his dead body out of the holy place. That's how powerful it was. But notice this. This is why it's powerful that the, the curtain was not ripped. No, it was not a thin curtain, Mary Sue. It was a thick curtain. And it was not ripped from the bottom to the top, signifying man has forced his way in to the presence of God. No, it was ripped from the top down to the bottom. It was ripped from heaven to earth. It was God saying, you don't have to break into my presence. I'm opening it up so that now my presence is not restricted to just one person. My presence because of Christ's blood is now going to flow out to the entire earth and the population of the earth. Now can you understand why it's so powerful that the New Testament refers to us as kings and priests? Because notice this, God's way didn't change. God's system didn't change. It's still only the priests that have access to the presence. Hallelujah. This will stir you up, man. It's still the only the priests who have access to the presence. But now all of us that have come into the kingdom of God are kings and priests. That's why it's powerful that you're a priest unto God because it means you have access. You have access to the presence of the Most High God. God's the one who tore the veil. God's the one who released himself on the whole world and then transferred you through the blood of Jesus from being an unworthy, old covenant, fleshly being, put you through the conversion kit of the blood of Jesus, and you came out on the other side, a king, a priest, a new creation worthy of the presence of God. And then, if that wasn't enough, through salvation, he poured his spirit into your body and through the baptism of the Holy Ghost, filled you with his power. And see, this is what many people don't ever get is that we're not these little, uh, 
you know, if you think of it in a kingdom sense, we're not these little peasants down here on the earth running around begging for a little bit more wood or coal for the fire because it's cold during, during the winter. No, we are ruling and reigning with Christ. We are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus, far above principalities and powers. The same anointing that was on Jesus Christ and in his body is the exact same anointing that is on and inside of you. The exact same. There's no difference. There's no difference. The exact same anointing that was in him is the exact same anointing that is in you. That's why the Bible says, as he is, so are we in this world. Hallelujah. As he is. Thank you, Jesus. Let me read it to you. 1 John 4, 17. 1 John 4, 17. By this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. Because as he is, so also are we in this world. Not when we get to heaven, in this world. Right now, we are as he is. Not as he was. See, this is a powerful thought. Not as he was. You know, I don't know if people think they have like a little baby Jesus living on the inside of them. Baby Jesus in a manger living inside. I don't know what people think. A little 12-year-old Jesus asking questions in the temple. A 30-year-old carpenter Jesus. I don't, I don't know what people think. But remember this. We don't even have access to the Jesus that's on the cross. Anytime I see somebody wearing a necklace with a cross with Jesus on it, I always stop them and say, hey, you got the old one. I got to get you new, the new version because the new version, he's not on it anymore. <laughs> and they always kind of look at me sideways. I don't wear a, I don't wear a cross with Jesus hanging on. He's not on the cross. If I wear a cross, it'll be an empty cross because that's what carries power. The empty cross carries power. The empty grave carries power. In fact, that's the way to go. That's what we should do. We should, you know, people wear the big, even the, some of them are real big, like a, a cross this size with like Jesus hanging on it. You know what we should make? We should make huge, like this big, Tony, feel me on this. We should make huge gold, gold graves that are like this big with the stone over here. So it's like, by the time it's done, it's like this size, a big gold grave with a stone over here that's empty inside. You can see like the carving of the, of the little bed in there with the grave clothes folded on it with a big gold chain and a big gold grave open with the, with the stone on the side because he's not in. The power is in the empty cross and the empty grave. Let me tell you, the only thing that's filled, his grave's not filled, his cross is not filled, Hades below the earth is no longer filled. You know what's filled? His throne is filled today. His throne is filled because he was raised up and seated in heavenly places at the right hand of the Father. The only thing full today is his throne. It's his throne. If you don't want the grave one, we can make you a throne one, a big old throne with Jesus sitting on it. That's what we should wear. So much that your head hangs down from the weight of the gold throne with Jesus sitting on it. We need to get it. If we, if we do the grave, we should make it as a spinner. 
so that his so that his the, the, the grave can spin like on a spinner chain. <laughs> That's right, Marissa, looking like a born again flavor flav. That's that's what's powerful. His grave is empty. His cross is empty. His throne is full. His throne is full. So I want you to catch this: is that this was the act of redemption that transferred you into becoming a priest, into becoming a king. So now you have the right and the access to the presence of God. You're the New Testament Ark of the Covenant. Did you ever think about that? Your body is the New Testament Ark of the Covenant. Let me get into that for a minute because I'll show you something that'll stir you up. The Ark of the Covenant, they'd carry it out in front of them when they went to battle and the power of God would fight their battles for them. Now, we are the Ark of the Covenant because we're the ones that carry the power and presence of God wherever we go. And so now, everything that is an enemy of my soul has to just move out of my way and fall at my feet because I carry within me the mighty fire and power and dominion of the Spirit of God himself in my body. I'm the, I'm the present day Ark of the Covenant. In Joshua chapter 3, check this story out. In Joshua chapter 3, God told them to cross the Jordan River during the time of the harvest, which was impossible because, and the Bible tells you when you read it, at the harvest time, the Jordan River overflowed its banks. It was a rushing mighty river at the harvest season. And God told them in the most impossible season, go across the Jordan. And he said, let me, let me give you this. Let the priests who are bearing the Ark of the Covenant, go first. And the Bible says that as the priests that were bearing the Ark of the Covenant walked down to the Jordan, as soon as their feet touched the bank, hallelujah, as soon as their feet touched the bank of the Jordan carrying the Ark, the water that was rushing down folded up on top of itself and flowed the other direction. And the water that was cut in half that was already flowing flowed all the way down to a town called Adam. And all that was left in the middle was dry ground. And the Bible says the priests walked out into the middle of the riverbed and just stood there holding the Ark of the Covenant while the entire assembly of Israel walked across on dry ground. And the priests bearing the ark stood there and what used to be their obstacle could no longer stand in their way or be something that held back their path. It opened up. So I want you to see this now. I no longer have to carry around a box, the ark of the covenant. You are, I am the ark of the covenant in the new Testament. And now wherever my foot, my feet tread, I have dominion. Now, Every obstacle has to run out of my way by the power of the Holy Ghost. Now, as I move forward, God goes ahead of me and makes the crooked places straight because I am the New Testament Ark of the Covenant. And because I am, obstacles and everything that was sent to hold me back from accomplishing my purpose has to run out of my way 
quickly. It will look so supernatural that it'll blow people's minds. They'll say, how did you get that through? How did that happen so fast for you? How did that, how did you get through? I tried multiple times and couldn't get through. It has nothing to do with me, has everything to do with what's inside me. And every obstacle has to move out of our way in the mighty name of Jesus. Why? Because our physical bodies are the New Testament ark of the covenant. The mighty spirit of God, he dwells in me, he lives in me, makes his home in me. And because he does, his power is on the inside of me. Hallelujah. Every, I want you to put in the comments, every obstacle must move. Put it in the comments. Every obstacle must move. (laughs) Hallelujah. I feel the victory on that tonight, man. Come on. Every obstacle must move. It doesn't matter what it is. It might be sickness in your body. It might be disease that's trying to touch you. Might be something trying to shut your organs down. Every obstacle must move in Jesus' name. We'll master this area of life by by faith and by the word of God. It must move in Jesus' name. Your body, think about this. People think people act like God doesn't care about the body. It's furthest thing from the truth. Furthest thing from the truth. God not only cares about your body. Let me let me break this down because it needs to be said. Because people act like only God's only interested in your spirit, man. That, that's dumb. He's not only interested in your spirit, man. He's interested in your mind, your soul. He's interested also in your body. And I'll prove it to you from the scripture. If God was only interested in your spirit or the final destination of your spirit, which is heaven, if that's all he was interested in, keep this in mind, all he would have sent Jesus to do is die on the cross. That's it. That is all. Remember this. God, by the Holy Spirit, was the source of all messianic prophecy. All of it. All of it. So when Isaiah prophesied, he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, the chastisements of our peace upon him. By his stripes, we are healed. God didn't have to leave that in the scripture. God didn't have to put that in the prophecy. By his stripes, we are healed. He didn't have to put that in. The Holy Ghost could have stopped. He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace is upon him. He could have stopped the prophecy there. But notice the Holy Spirit, because he loves you, because God loves you, because Christ loves you, he put into that messianic prophecy and by his stripes, you are healed. Jesus did not just go to the cross and get nailed to it before he went there. He took stripes upon his back. Remember this, the stripes were not for your salvation. They were not. The stripes were for your healing. Hallelujah. The stripes are for your healing. His death on the cross was for your salvation. The stripes were for your healing. And if God didn't care about your body, And if God didn't care about your healing, why did he make Christ 
take a pit stop on the way to the cross, on the way to purchasing your salvation, on the way to washing away your sins? Why did he have him take a stop and get stripes placed upon his back? He did it for one reason alone. And the apostle Peter in his first letter takes a look all the way back to Isaiah. Now he speaks after the cross and says, by whose stripes ye were healed because now it's already done. Isaiah was looking forward. Peter was looking backward at the same event, the stripes that Christ took upon his back. He took them for your physical body. And if God didn't care about your body, he would not have provided healing on this earth for your physical body. Any individual that Jesus met in the scripture that was sick, Jesus always, and I mean 100% of the time, treated sickness and disease like an enemy and healed it by supernatural power. One of the most telling scriptures that you could ever read is what Peter said regarding Jesus in Acts chapter 10, verse 38. He said, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all those who were oppressed of who? The devil. The, and I've said this on the broadcast before, catch it. The devil did the oppressing, Jesus did the healing. You'll not find one passage of scripture in the Bible, not one, not one in the gospels where Jesus encountered a sick person and said, oh no, I can't actually heal you in particular because for you, my father is actually putting this on you to teach you a lesson. So I, I can't actually heal you. This is actually for God's glory. So I'm going to leave you the way you are. Actually, just pray that he can give you the strength to bear it. Never once, never once. Remember that. Never once. He always treated sickness and disease and demon possession for that matter, as an enemy and brought it to an end immediately. Why? Because the Bible says in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 8 that the Son of God was made manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. You know what that shows you? That scripture mixed with Acts 10.38, both of them say the same thing. 1 John 3.8, Acts 10.38. They both say sickness is a work of the devil. It's a work of the devil, not of God, not God teaching you a lesson, not Christ teaching you a lesson. Sickness and disease against the physical body, even against the mind, whatever it might be, it's a work of the devil. And Jesus was brought here by God to destroy the works of the devil. In just a, in just a moment, I'm going to pray for healing for everybody that's watching. I'm going to pray for healing and deliverance. There's people that are watching me right now. You're still bound by smoking cigarettes. You're still bound in certain areas of your life that's affecting your physical body. And we're going to gain mastery over the body by faith and by the anointing of God. So get ready. 
because I'm going to, when I pray the prayer of faith, I am expecting sickness to leave your body. I'm expecting disease to run out of your house. I'm expecting every invisible prison that holds you captive to loose you and let you go in the name of Jesus Christ tonight by the power of God. It's part of your redemption covenant package and we're believing God for it. But every sickness is an attack of the devil. There's never a sickness brought on by God. Never. God does not put sickness on his children. He's not a child abuser. The way some preachers talk about God, if he was a human being, child protective services would show up and take us away from him. Think about that. The way some preachers preach about God and his nature. you If he was a man, child protective services would show up and take us away from God. Because some preachers make him sound like a child abuser. And that's not what he is. It's not what he is. His desire is complete and total healing in your body. Freedom in your body. He sent Jesus to take stripes specifically for that purpose. Specifically for that purpose. By his stripes, you were healed. Hallelujah. By his stripes, you were healed. Thank you, Jesus. And so I want you to hear this now. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, but that doesn't just, you know, God gave you healing for it. But remember this, just because there's healing doesn't mean that you act in a way that lacks wisdom. (laughs) Amen. Just because healings, I'll give you an extreme example. Just because I know there's healing, I don't lay my hand on the table every morning and smash it with a hammer. I mean, think of it that way. So, well, I know God provided me healing today. Bam. And say, ah, oh, my, oh, my hand, my bones are broken. God, heal these bones in Jesus' name. I could pray the most genuine prayer. And the next morning when I wake up, I go back to the kitchen. Oh, hallelujah, thank God for healing. Here's my hammer. Bam, hit it again. And that's what people are doing with their physical bodies. Oh, I thank God for healing. Lord, heal me, heal my body. And then they slam their bodies daily with the way they live, with the way they eat. You know, there is, there is natural wisdom. Um, Paul wrote to Timothy and told him this. I love this because everyone uses this scripture to get out of doing any kind of exercise or eating right. Physical exercise profits a little, but godliness is profitable unto all things. You know, people say, see that? Paul said physical exercise only profits a little bit, but godliness is, oh yeah. When you compare physical exercise with living a godly life in every area of your life, obviously physical exercise is going to pale in comparison to godliness. Of course it is. What a foolish thing to read that scripture and use it to minimize taking care of your physical body that's the temple of the Holy Ghost. Well, you know, Paul said that physical exercise only profits a little, but godliness is profitable and all. Yeah, but people that understand that their body houses the mighty power of God will have the wisdom to take care of that physical body, knowing God wants to use that body for a long period of time. A long period of time. And I know this is where people like take a minute to just take a break from the broadcast and go check other messages and other social media networks because people don't want to hear it. But I'm saving you that are not there yet and I'm helping you that have been struggling with this. It's a serious thing. It's a life or death thing that you have to make 
choices. You've got to make choices to say, you know what? I'm going to take care of the mighty temple of the Holy Spirit. And you know, you you know very clearly that you know me sitting here talking to you is you you know you can't feel condemned because it's something that I've dealt with in my own. There's no way that you're watching this and thinking, wow. You know, Brother Ted is, it's, it's not like I'm like beach body Ted or anything like that. You know, it's something that I have to do on a daily basis. And there's, there's things that I do that aren't wisdom, you know, even in dealing with my physical body. But you have to make choices. You have to decide, even at a young age. Jacob, I'm talking to you, others that are watching. You have to make decisions. You know, I had to stop going to Taco Bell at 1130 at night, you know, and getting $40 worth of food. I had, you know, you break down every now and then, but you've got to make wise decisions for the most part. I hope my wife's not watching the broadcast right now by any means, because I don't want to hear her use this broadcast against me days following the broadcast. But you understand what I'm talking about. You have to make decisions. You have to make decisions. You know, I didn't feel like it and I didn't do it by any means because I was doing the broadcast tonight. You know, I was uh, there. There's many times, you know, one of the things I hate running. I'll tell you that right off the bat. I hate running. (laughs) I love it when people quote Proverbs 28, one in regards to running. Well, you know, the Bible says it's the wicked who run when no one's chasing them. (laughs) I hate running. I love eating. So there's two, two issues right there. I hate running. I love eating. So one of the things that I started doing is I started doing walks and I would walk, you know, like four miles a day. That's a, that was a great thing to add into my life because at the same time I'm walking, I can pray, you know, I can listen to preaching, teaching, whatever that might be, listen to the word of God, but I could walk four miles in an hour and, uh, and go out and do that time of exercise. Today, I jumped on a bike, rode 10 miles on the bike, whatever. But you've got to make a choice and understand that there is a priority. Your physical body is a priority because it houses the Holy Ghost. So you've got to do whatever you can do. You've got to use wisdom. It would be foolish to get on a broadcast like this and be talking about all these supernatural revelations and talking about all these things that, you know, deep things in the word. And then people go back to just destroying their body you know, destroying their body every single day. So you've got to understand this. You are important. Having you around for a long time is important. You're a valuable member of the body of Christ. There's an anointing on your life. God wants to use you for a mighty purpose. And so he needs you here and functioning. He needs you to be functional for the rest of your life. He wants you to be able to be 85 years old and still be operating in strength and in power and not laid up in a bed somewhere eating vanilla pudding at 8 p.m. and going straight to sleep. You know, he doesn't want you in those situations. He wants you to live long and strong. I want you to put that in the comments tonight. I will live long and strong. I will live long and strong. I will live long and strong. And yes, Allison, there's so many reasons that people have dealt with those issues. Some of them had horrible relationships. Some of them had to deal with parents that hated them and talked down to them. Someone had to deal with relationships, marriage relationships that went bad. There's all kinds of reasons why people have had to go through those things and deal with those things. But one of the things we have to make up in our mind, that's why it's so important to get healed. Get healed in your mind, get healed in your spirit, get healed in your life so that those things can't force you into that problem anymore. 
That's why it's important, you know, to be free from anxiety and worry and stress and depression. It, it, it just shows you know what people do. It's so common. It's so common that they use it as a cliche thing, even in like romantic comedies. You know, the guy breaks up with the girl. What does the girl do? She goes home, puts sweatpants on, and gets a huge thing of ice cream out of the freezer and sits on the couch crying and eating a big tub of ice cream. It's so common and so cliche that they know the entire population will understand this if we put it in the movie or the television show. Why do they know that? Because so many people react in that way. They get sad, they get depressed, they get hurt, they get angry, and they sit back and they eat their feelings away or whatever it might be. And that's why you've got to be delivered. You've got to be set free. You can't allow emotions. That's why we did that on the very first night of this series, dealt with emotions and the soul, the battlefield of the mind. That's why you've got to become a a person of freedom and healing and allow yourself to be healed and delivered from those things that plagued you before so that you can live long and strong and not have to sit back and be completely destroyed by everything that's come against you emotionally in your mind or in your, in your life. And that's the importance of living free. That's the importance of living free because freedom carries over. Hallelujah. Freedom carries over. Think about it and put it in the comments if you would, because this, this isn't, this isn't, this is a very important point. Let me answer uh, Karen's question first. Do you believe in chemical imbalances for mental health? I believe that it might manifest that way. You know, I don't, I'm not saying a doctor can't look at you and say, well, there's a chemical imbalance in your brain. That's why you're battling chronic depression, whatever it might be. It might manifest that way. But we know what the Bible teaches about what's really going on. There is a spirit of heaviness, the Bible says. So I want you to write this in the comments. Freedom carries over. Freedom carries over. What do I mean by that? I mean this, that once you get free spiritually, the first thing is you've got to be saved. And once you get saved, your spirit is free. But that freedom can carry over. And that freedom can carry over into your mind, your soul realm. And now that you're saved, you can walk walk in peace that passes all understanding. Joy that is, you know, joy unspeakable and full of glory. You can, you can walk in a love that's unconditional. So what's happened? Because you got free in your spirit, you can get free in your mind. And watch this. Once you get free in your mind, that's going to carry over again into your body. Because all of the things that plagued your body because of your mind will now have to fade away. Do you know that there are people that are battling stress-related illnesses? Stress-related illnesses. They're feeling things physically because of the stress that they're dealing with in life. And once you get free in your spirit, you can get free in your mind. Once you get free in your mind, you can get free in your physical body. And those things won't carry over. 
You won't eat your emotions away. You won't eat sadness and eat depression and eat. You will not sit there because somebody rejected you or told you you were stupid or didn't want to be next to you or whatever it might be. You won't sit back and begin to, as a result now, destroy your body from it. You know, people that battle anxiety and depression, chronic depression, they never want to go out and do, they've proven this. They want to recede. They want to retreat and close the doors and just sleep or lay on the couch or they don't want to be active. They don't want to be around people. They don't want to go out. It's a crippling condition that keeps you out of the freedom of life. But once you get free in your mind, it frees your physical body. Do you see how God works? It Listen, it overflows into every area of life. Freedom carries over. If you didn't put that in the comments, write it, put it on paper, put it in your Bible. Freedom carries over. He whom the sun sets free is free indeed. You see that? Free indeed. Freedom carries over. That's it. You've got to allow freedom to carry over from your spirit to your soul, from your soul to your body. Freedom carries over. And I'm dealing with these three because once we get into the next two nights, I've not even dealt with any other people besides yourself. Because what good does it do to try to properly interact with other people to try to have proper relationships, to try to heal relationships, to try to get things back on track with others, if you yourself are struggling in an invisible prison, in a place where you need to be healed and delivered, let's get me right first before I try to go get others right. Or even my connection with others right. You know, it's like the Bible says, why are you trying to get the log out of your brother's, or why are you trying to get the speck out of your brother's eye when you've got a log in your own eye? Why am I going to go around trying to point fingers and say, well, you know, you've got this little issue over here when I'm dealing with a massive issue. Let's get me right first. Let's get my life right first. And then everything else has to fall into place on the other side. But let me focus at home first. Let me be free indeed before I work, before I walk out of this or work trying to do anything else. Daphne said, no one told me about the spirits of this or that. So I get prayer for symptoms, but yeah, I don't even know what an orphan spirit is. But depression and anxiety is a spirit of heaviness, the Bible teaches. And so I'm, I'm dealing with this because people need to hear that we've got to start where we need to start. And it's always, what do I always preach on the broadcast? Introspection, 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 looking at yourself, determining. That's why the Bible says, if you'll judge yourself, you'll not be judged. Judge yourself and you'll not be judged. Judge yourself and you'll not be judged. Judge yourself and not, what does that mean? If I'll make corrections myself, I won't have to be corrected. You know what I'm talking about? If I will make, if I will correct myself, I won't have to be corrected. If I, to say it the way I used to say, we used to get, get told when I was a little kid, if I'll straighten myself up, I won't have to get straightened up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? 
You, you know what I'm talking about. If I'll straighten myself up, I won't have to get straightened up. That's why you got to look at me first. Look at you first. What are we saying? Find the issue. If it's out of place, make it align itself with the word of God. Make it align itself. Paul spoke about it. it let, let, me, let me take you there one more time because this is interesting. Listen again, 1 Corinthians 9, 27. I discipline my body and keep it under control. Listen to the footnote. Or I pummel my body. The orig- this is the original Greek language. Listen to this. I pummel my body and make it a slave. Think about that. That's the original Greek. I pummel my body and make it a slave. The ESV says, I discipline my body and keep it under control. Listen to the original Greek again. I pummel my body, beat it. I beat my body and make it a slave. That's a picture. He's showing you there a picture. I I beat my body and make it. It doesn't mean he actually was in, you know, it wasn't self flagellation. He didn't have a whip, you know, whipping himself like a monk as he's going up the hill on a pilgrimage. He wasn't talking about beating himself with whips like he's one of the prophets of Baal. He was talking about discipline. That's why they rendered it that way in the English Standard Version. I discipline my body, making it do what it should. I make it a slave. What's it a slave to? My body is a slave to the word of God. My body's not allowed to do whatever it wants to do. See, that's what Paul's saying. My body's not allowed to do whatever it wants to do. It has to do what I tell it to do. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That... That, that breaks that breaks somebody into a new revelation. Are you saying my body's not me? That's exactly what I'm saying. You're, you are not your body. You live in your body, but you are the spirit. Every person, let, let me tell you why. Every person watching me right now, I'm not speaking to your body. I'm not even speaking to your mind. I'm speaking to your spirit. Everybody watching me is listening by their spirit. You're not listening with your mind. Your mind will catch things, but you are listening to me by your spirit. Let me explain this to you. If your body went away, any part of your body, including your brain, if any of you went away, you would still exist. Don't you ever think of that? If your body was was gone, was destroyed, you would still exist. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, the Bible says. Even if your body was gone, you would still exist. You are a spirit. You are not a body. Amen. Amen. You just live in your body, but you're not your body. I'm speaking to your spirit, man. Hallelujah. I'm speaking to your spirit, man. If I think about this, because if I took your spirit out of your body, your body couldn't listen to me because your body would be dead. Your mind couldn't even function. So it's not your soul hearing me. If I took your spirit out, your soul would cease to function. Your brain would die. You'd have no more emotions. You'd have no more will. You'd have, there's no mind. So the real you that's hearing me tonight is the spirit. That's who's hearing me. That's why Paul said, I, I, he's speaking of the true him. I make my body do what it should. 
You catch it yet? I make my body do what it should. So Paul's Paul's teaching here that the real us is our spirit and our body has to follow orders and do what it should. Hallelujah. The body's got to do what it is supposed to do, do what it's told. I discipline my body. I make it a slave to the word of God. And that's the key. And God's given us ways to help us. He's given us ways to help us. He's given us healing for our body, given us healing for our mind. He's given us deliverance. Catch it. Given us all those things to heal the body, to mend the body, creative miracles, to recreate parts of the body because he cares about your physical body. Doesn't want you to eat yourself to death. Doesn't want you to die early. Doesn't want you to have a stroke. Doesn't want you to have a heart attack. Doesn't want you to have diabetes. Doesn't want you to battle in your body and end up dying early. He wants you to live long and strong, long and strong. And tonight at the end of this teaching, I'm praying for you, those of you that are watching, because many, listen to me, many of you that are watching me, need healing in your physical body. I understand that. I totally understand that. There's others that are watching me that you need healing in your mind. There's a reason your body feels the way it does. There's a reason you deal with the things you do because you're not yet truly free in your mind. Others of you are listening to me and you are bound in your life by things that are hurting your physical body. You're bound by uh, nicotine addiction, drug addiction. Some of you are drinking, getting drunk, can't stop. You wish you could, you can't. There's people that will watch live or on the replay or listen on the podcast, battling pornography addictions. There are things that are destroying your life. I'm going to pray. Prescription medication addiction. I forgot that one. Prescription medication addiction. They started you off on two medications, but the side effects were so bad they had you to put you on two more to, to help the other two. I prayed for a lady that got healed. She brought up 30-some medications in a bag and laid it on the altar, healed by the power of God, totally healed. And people get addicted to prescription medications. Sometimes you pay more money to the guy in the white lab coat than the guy that sags his pants with a, with a hoodie on the street. It's an addiction. And you can be free. You can be free. Some of you are addicted to sugar. Some of you are addicted to sugar. Cannot stop eating sugar. And I'm going to pray for you tonight. I'm going to pray that God heals physical bodies. I'm going to pray that God sets minds free. No more depression, anxiety. Share this before I pray because I'd like to pray. I want people that need help to come. I want them to come. So I want you to share this for people that need freedom. Because they do need it. I'm going to pray. I love you. I can't tell you how much I love you. I do. I care about you. You're not just somebody that watches the broadcast or a name that pops up on the screen. I pray for you by name. And I love you. Love your family. Love your children. I want to see you completely free, delivered by the power of God. So I'm going to pray for those that are sick, those that are depressed, anxious, suicidal, those that are addicted. I'm going to pray for you. And so I want you to bow your head as you've have you shared this. I know you got your faith set. Pray with me now and let's receive miracles from God. In this month of May, it's our miracle month. Let's receive it. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for all of your precious people that are watching tonight. 
in Jesus' mighty name. I ask you, Lord, by your mighty Holy Ghost to touch every man, touch every woman that's watching the broadcast tonight. I take authority, Lord, over sickness and disease that has tried to destroy their physical bodies. I ask you to make them whole by your power tonight. Let healing virtue flow out of your precious Holy Spirit and touch every physical body. We command organs to come back to life, organs that are battling, organs that are shutting down. Come back and function as God created you to function in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, I pray in the wonderful name that's above every name that you would drive out depression tonight, drive out anxiety tonight, drive out suicidal thoughts tonight in Jesus' name. Put a hedge of protection around their house and around their mind in the wonderful name that's above every other name. Lord, I'm asking you tonight, every addiction that holds your people in bondage, would you break it? Break every chain tonight. We thank you that your word says that the yoke is destroyed because of the anointing. I take authority now, and I feel the anointing and the gift of faith come on me now to do this. I take authority over cigarette and nicotine addiction. In Jesus' name. There's people watching me right now. You're watching the broadcast, and you know what I'm talking about. You cannot seem to get free from cigarettes. You love the Lord. You serve the Lord, and you cannot seem to get free from cigarettes. I want you to take the cigarettes that you have right now in the house, and I want you to destroy them. I want you to do whatever you've got to do. Flush them down the toilet, burn them up in the fireplace, whatever you've got to do, and declare tonight is the last night in Jesus' name that nicotine will control my life. And I'm not believing that you're going to have to go from cigarettes to the patch and from the patch to the gum and from the gum to a meeting. I'm not praying like that. I'm praying that tonight, in Jesus' mighty name, that it will be cut off from your life never to return again in the wonderful name of Jesus. So I take authority over cigarette nicotine addiction. I command it to loose you in Jesus' mighty name. Be made whole tonight. I take authority over alcohol addiction. I command you to lose the taste for alcohol and never go back to it again. If you do, let it make you sick in Jesus' name. Drugs. There's people watching smoking marijuana. Well, it's legal in my state. It's an altering drug. That should take away, that takes away your sobriety and your ability to be sober and vigilant like Peter commanded you to do. Be free tonight in Jesus' name. I curse pornography addiction. I command that thing to loose you and let you go tonight in Jesus' name. Finally, for every person that's battling with prescription medication addiction, I take authority over it. As healing flows through your body, I thank you, Lord, that even their uh, doctor, Even their physician will tell them, you don't need the medication anymore. That'll be your sign. God has completely set you free and you're free indeed. Your physician will tell you, your doctor will tell you, you don't need it anymore. And he'll take you off those medications supernaturally. And I curse prescription medication addiction in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Be made whole, be free, be free in Jesus name. Lord, for those that are battling in their heart, in their minds, People have hurt them. Relationships have hurt them. Emotional distress, emotional destruction. Be healed in Jesus' name. 
Be set free from every hurt that's tried to come upon your life in Jesus' mighty name. He who the Son sets free, and she, is free indeed. In Jesus' wonderful name, I declare it now, be free by the power of God. From this night, Lord, we declare miracles are flowing in the lives of your people. We will hold our testimonies in our hand. The month of May is our miracle month in Jesus' wonderful name. We give you praise and glory and honor for it. And if you believe it, and if you receive that prayer for your life tonight, throw some fire in the comment section. Let me know you're standing and believing that that is yours. Somebody shout wherever you're watching. It is done in Jesus' name. It is done in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And I say it with you. It is done by the power of God. You'll never be the same again. Hallelujah. You'll never be the same again. Free indeed. That's right, Alyssa. Free indeed. It is done. It is done. Begin to test yourself. Do what you couldn't do before. Take a hearing aid out and listen as God's opened up your ear. Begin to bend and move if you had arthritis in your body. Watch as the pain's leaving your body. Destroy. Destroy those cigarettes. In Jesus' name. Get rid of that snuff. Get rid of the chewing tobacco. Throw away every can of Skull, every can of Copenhagen. Throw it in the trash. Flush it. Throw it down the garbage disposal. And be free. It is done in Jesus' name. It's done. By the power of God, it's done. Hallelujah, it is done. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I feel freedom, man. It's done. It's done in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Healing of all hurt, every broken thing restored. In Jesus' name. <laughs> Woo, glory to God. It's done. It's done. Thank you, Jesus. Whew. Hallelujah. 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 If you're thankful for it, throw some hands up in the comments because I'm telling you, I feel that thing. It is done. It is done. Thank you, Lord. We give you praise. Listen, if you'd like to join an elite group of people that are standing with us, we call them our miracle word, mighty men and women. And I, I mean that. I mean that. It takes faith to step out and do what God's called you to do. Many of you that are part of the mighty men and women, you're watching right now, you're commenting in the comment section. But if God would speak to you and you'd like to join that elite group of people that's standing for a generation to be changed and saved by the power of God, I want to encourage you to partner with us, me and Carolyn, tonight. Amen, Joe. Amen, Hope. I want to ask you to join tonight. Easy to do. On MiracleWord.com, you can click on the partner button and join us monthly. Maybe you say, you know, at this time, I can't yet sow $85 a month or more. I can't sow $1,000 at a time or more. But you could do something that the Holy Spirit's telling you to do. Even if you click, click on the give page, you can even set a monthly amount that you'd like to sow there. You know, many of, I remember Letty started with us at $10 a week. Thank you, Jesus. Look at the testimony. Betty just put it in the comments section. My daughter no longer on cigarettes. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Jesus, for Betty's daughter. Giving God praise with you, Betty. Thank you, Lord. It's done. That's it, man. The Victory Tribe. Victory Tribe is in the house. And so do what the Lord tells you. It's excellent. Letty's testimony so excites me. Because I remember the night that the power of God touched Letty. I remember the night that I laid hands on her at Crossroads Community Church. My friend, the powerful pastor, Pastor Brian Tomes. And I remember laying hands on her. Power of God touched her. And it's interesting because it almost seems like immediately everything shifted. That's how quickly God can work. And she stood with us. And I remember she started at 10. Remember that lady? You started at $10 a week. Now God's increased her beyond that, beyond that. And not only that, God's added clients to her business, even in this time of quarantine. And God just keeps increasing her and her family. And God will continue to increase her and her family. Part of the victory tribe. I love you, Gloria. And so I'm encouraging you because let me tell you, time's running out. Time is running out. And people need the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, I was blessed to be multiple times the last month or so on Faith Broadcasting Network. You guys watched with us on those specials. Do you know that just during those times, a potential, I'm not saying this is who was watching when I was preaching, but a potential, think about this, over 80 million homes at one time. Thank you, Ruby. Think about that. Potentially over 80 million homes could watch that broadcast live on TV, not including Facebook and YouTube and everything else, the app, just on the television. In Africa alone, 50 plus million homes. Now think of this, 50 plus million homes. And in Africa, it's different than it is here in the States where we have hundreds of channels. There, they don't. And so it's one of the most watched. You know what they were telling me? They were telling me that they just started getting back the ratings for television from March and April, now that we're coming to the end of May. And uh, they were even asking them, what are you doing to keep people watching? They said the average person, think about this. They said the average person stays on a television channel for only seven minutes. That's it. They'll watch. Probably what happens is people flip through the television, hit on a show or movie that they like, stop their watch until there's a commercial break. And when there is, they just start flipping again. So they were saying that the average person watches TV on a channel for seven minutes. That's the retention rate. When they got their uh, reports back from March and April, you know what they said? And they were, they were asked, how are you getting people to stay on so long? Their retention rate was 47 minutes, 47 minutes versus seven for secular channels. And so I'm not saying that 80 million people were watching. I'm saying it was going into 80 million homes. Think about this. Think about this. If only 1% were watching, let's just, let's go less than that. Half a percent. If only half a percent saw that on TV, that's 400,000 people that were watching at any given time. Go lower than that. If only a quarter percent of people were watching, 
That is 200,000 people that were watching at any given time. 200,000 people. That's a quarter of a percent. (laughs) Think about that. Think about that. Even if it was only a tenth of a percent, that's still just under 100,000 people. It's like sitting on a field with 90,000 people sitting in front of you and preaching and teaching to them. That's only if a tenth of 1% of people that could have watched, watched. And I'm sure it was more than that. But imagine to sit with 100,000 people in a, like, uh, in a crusade style. This is what the power of partnership does. When you can touch the world, You see that? Amazing. Just a quarter of a percent. Think about that. It's the power of God. So the world is hungry. I mean, can I tell you how many testimonies kept flooding in? People kept writing in with testimony after testimony. I was reading them. I was reading what they were saying. And God's moving. When you're a part of the victory tribe, what God's doing, you're touching the world. Jesus is coming soon. There's not time to mess around. And I'm encouraging you to stand with us because we've got some things planned here in the upcoming months that I'm extremely excited about to touch this generation by the power of God. And you're a part of it. And so pray right now. I want you to pray with me. Lift your hands. Father, speak to every person that's watching. I know you have a purpose for every one of them. I know you've got a harvest ready for every one of them. Give them the seed amount in their spirit that they need to release in order to have that harvest come back to them that you have planned. In Jesus' name, amen. Now do what he's telling you to do. You can use hashtag donate like Ruby did. Cash app is available. Venmo, same username as Cash app, MWGive. PayPal. Listen to this. Norman says, Ted, I was pretty much on death's door 14 years ago and I was reading uh, Luke 10, 1 through 9 and I said to the Lord, how would you expect me to preach the gospel and heal the sick without a healing? I came right into the miraculous and received a miracle. Within a month, I received the Holy Ghost. I'm sold out to Jesus and sharing the good news. Listen to that testimony of what only God can do. Only God. Only God can do that like Norman's testifying to and that's happening for people all over the world all over the world. And you are a part of that by your sowing. You're sending the message of the gospel around the world. Not only you just feed, like we play this every day. You know you're feeding hundreds of kids a day, blessing people, blessing the poor, as the Bible says to do. But on top of that, you're pushing the gospel forward. You're making this power available throughout this generation. And you're causing a harvest to come back into your own house. Hallelujah. All the ways are on the screen. If you'd like to use miracleword.com, use it. It's the easiest and best way, no matter where you are in the world. I say thank you. Thank you to everybody that's standing with us. Listen, I wrote a brand new book. And I'm already writing another one. But I wrote this one, Further Faster. Bam. Look at that. Come into focus in Jesus' name. Further Faster. How to Accelerate Your Purpose Through the Force of of impartation. This is a book on impartation. Probably the most important book I've released to date. You need to get it. If you don't have it, it's available on our website, on amazon.com, or 
If you're an ebook person, it's on Kindle and Apple Books, depending on which one you prefer to buy ebooks on. And so thanks, Karen, for writing a review. If you don't have this, get it. Get it. It will bless you. Buy it for somebody else. Sow it into somebody. It is an important revelation. Impartation is God's system of promotion in the kingdom of God. If you want to be promoted, you've got to know about impartation. It's what you were receiving tonight on this broadcast, impartation. That's how it works. We're going to bless you this month. That's right, Letty. Absolutely right. (laughs) Delami wrote a review in advance because she has faith that it will be good. (laughs) Thank you, Delami. I appreciate it. That's it, Daphne. That's exactly it. You can't go, but you can sow, believing that souls will be saved. And that's exactly how it works. We're the family of God. We are the family of God. That's okay, Jacob. That's all right. We're going to bless you this month. As you know, hardcover's coming in soon. I'm excited about that. Very excited about that. We're going to start work and get this... Uh, get. I've. I, I could tell you some stuff. I got more coming to you. I got much more coming to you. These next six and seven months are going to be the most exciting of the year. That's all I can say. It's going to be the most exciting of the year. And I'm pumped up for it. We're going to be back in the morning, 10.30 a.m. And when we do, have got something powerful to share with you tomorrow. If you missed today's, you got to go back and watch it. Talked about vaccines digital certificates in the vaccines and the mark of the beast. Definitely, definitely need to go back and watch that That if you missed it. Very appropriate message for what's going on right now. In the morning, I'm going to be back with you again. And uh, you're not going to want to miss that. And then again, tomorrow night. Now listen, we've set the stage first three nights And by the way, if anybody has questions, you can put them in. I'll take a few minutes of questions. Um, We've already covered the first three parts of you. Tomorrow, we're we're going outside of you. Areas of your life that you've got to master. So tomorrow night, we're going out, and it's going to be extremely important. You're not going to want to miss it. Karen's asking, do you have any teachings on sewing? I do. Karen, I don't know if you listen to podcasts, but on my podcast, if you'll go back through and we label them very well, I have teachings on tithing. I have teachings on giving. I have all kinds of stuff that's, that, that is available on the podcast. So no matter what platform you listen on, just scroll back through the different episodes and you'll see it. You'll see it by the, the title when it deals with tithing or if it deals with giving. Uh, it'll be in the title and you can listen to it. Um, we've got so much stuff on there. I think we're well over now. Uh, I think we're well over 300,000 downloads on the podcast, which is awesome. 300,000. I want to check that because I I haven't seen that in a while. 300,000. Is that right? Emma, could I be possibly right on that? 
Let me look. Oh, quarter of a million. So almost 300,000. A quarter of a million downloads on the podcast. That is amazing. That blows my mind. Thank you, Ken. What's a good app for children's Bible study? Gloria, you know what I would encourage you to do? Go to MiracleWordKids.com. If you've never been there before, MiracleWordKids.com. We have all kinds of resources for your children and grandchildren. And we've been putting it out every single month. We have resources for you to download uh, sheets to work on with the kids. We, we do Bible studies every month with your kids. So I want to encourage you. MiracleWordKids.com. You'll love it. You'll absolutely love it. Thanks, Kareem. Love you. That's right, Daphne. That's exactly it. She was saying, I used to only tithe, but I was taught about seed time and harvest recently, and you can't outgive God. It's exactly right. God expects us to tithe and to give above and beyond our tithes. Yeah, that's exactly right, Winona. Thank you, Letty. Letty started doing the podcast. Listen, if you haven't, two things. Can I ask you to do me a favor? If you love me. If you love me. Two things I'd ask you to do. Number one, subscribe to the podcast. And number two, subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you've not, what are you waiting for? I'm asking you, please. I'm asking you for me, for the family, for my children, for my grandchildren in the future. Will you subscribe to the YouTube channel? Search Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. on YouTube and hit the subscribe button. If you're already subscribed and you haven't hit the bell, hit the bell. Ring the heck out of it so that you are notified whenever uh, whenever we go live or post anything that you want to see. Got to get to church, Jacob. I've told you that already. You've got to get to church. You've got to explain it to your parents and you've got to get there. Got to get to a Holy Ghost church. You've got to get baptized and you need to get baptized in the Holy Ghost. Um, Ken is asking, do you have any idea where to get books by Bishop Oyedepo for Miracle Word U? I've tried and called them. Have you? Tr- uh, I'm sure you've probably done this, but have you looked at Amazon.com? And then also, if you go to his website, have you gone to his website and tried to order from their church website because they will ship them, although they take a little bit longer to get here because I believe they used to have a bookstore in New York. Love you, Allison. But I think now they ship from Lagos, Nigeria. So go to their website online. I think it's Domi, D-O-M-I. Just search David Oyedepo Ministries International and you'll find their website and try to buy them on there. It's the best, best place to try to do it. The heart is strongly connected to the spirit. Yes, Absolutely. Thanks, Marissa. (laughs) Okay, but you tried ordering on the website, like from their store, or you just called them? Because that's how I've always gotten them. The only other way is when I've had friends go to Nigeria, they've brought them back for me. I know it, 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 it shouldn't be so hard to get his books. It really shouldn't because they're so powerful They should be available in the States much, much easier. And they used to be in New York City, a bookstore that shipped to the States. His son, I will say this, 
You know what, Ken? I just thought of this. His son, Isaac Oyedepo, has a church outside of Washington, D.C. And uh, if you search him out online, it's it's outside of Washington, I think in Baltimore area or something. Uh, it's in Maryland. It's not in Baltimore, but it's in Maryland outside of D.C. Um, their bookstore at the church may carry his books. So, so, ch- so check with Pastor Isaac Oyedepo in Maryland. Just Google it and find the, the website. I'm sure it'll be easily... Actually, you know what? I can probably give it to you because I can. I'm connected to him on. Uh, I'm connected to him on um, Instagram. So Winners Chapel, Maryland, is the church. So the it, it looks like the website is WinnersChapelMaryland.com. WinnersChapelMaryland.com. So go there and see if they have. Um, See if they have any of that available there. I love you guys, man. Thanks for hanging with me. We're going to go out shouting the night, as we always do. And uh, I'll be back with you in the morning, 10.30 a.m. Don't miss it. Then tomorrow night, we're continuing with this series. Uh, five areas of life you must master. I love you guys. Have a phenomenal night. Thanks to everybody that gave. I appreciate you. Thanks to the Victory Tribe. I love you. I'll see you in the morning. Have a great rest. I'll talk to you soon. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.